0: Are you a mother, father or you are involved in caring for children? If yes, then listen to Ask the Pediatricians every Thursday by 10 am, for insightful discussion on popular child health topics such as dangerous child health practices, immunization, infant feeding, developmental milestones and so much more. You also get to ask questions on these topics and listen to answers to real-life child health issues by a pediatrician. Ask the Pediatricians Foundation is devoted to health education and information of parents and caregivers of children in the community to support you in raising healthy children. Don't miss Ask the Pediatricians with Dr. Gbemi because it's informative, educative and interactive. Ask the Pediatricians Hour, the program for caring parents.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day you're listening to me, I am happy to welcome you to this fresh episode of ATP Hour, a special welcome to those of you who are watching me live on Ask the pediatrician Facebook groups or our YouTube channel. Thank you so much for being with us. And also thanks to those who are listening on Fresh Waves Radio or on the podcast, uh, Ask Dr. Bini ATP Podcast. Welcome, welcome, special welcome to you all. And I'm so happy to have you here. This is Ask the Pediatrician Hour. It's a program where we discuss important topics that have to do with the health of our children. And in the last uh, few days, we've had so many world celebrations or special days that have to do with children. And today I'm going to be discussing a topic that has to do with one of them, and that is prematurity. On the 17th of November every year, we celebrate World Prematurity Day. It's a day for creating awareness about our tiny babies, known as preterm babies or premature babies. and. If you want to know why it's so important for us to have such a day, for us to remember and to create awareness about prematurity, I want you to stay tuned and don't go anywhere because that is what I'm going to be talking about today. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you have any questions, you remember that you can always post your questions straight onto our Facebook group, Ask the Pediatricians on Facebook, or you can send me an email, Dr. Mimi Sala at axthepediatricians.com, and for those of you who are watching on uh, Fresh Waves Radio or listening on Fresh Waves Radio or watching on Fresh Waves Facebook, you can also send your questions on the WhatsApp number. So that is, uh, and we'll try and address this as soon as we can in subsequent. Episodes. So thank you so much for joining us. This program is brought to you by Ask the Pediatricians Foundation and Ask the Pediatricians Foundation is committed to promoting the health and well-being of all children globally and we do that through our health education platform and through free community medical outreaches communities that have very limited access to pediatricians. And so this program is part of our work, our uh as we try to reduce preventable deaths of children in the world especially in africa where majority of these deaths happen so thank you so much for joining us today and so without wasting much time we're just going to go straight into the topic of today and as you can see for those of you who are watching you can see that i'm talking about Prematurity, And for those of you who are listening, I'm sure you can hear me as well. So let's talk about prematurity and the first thing I think everybody wants to know is what is prematurity? Okay, so when we, so just to start by saying the word prematurity can be used uh, uh, for not just, some people also use the word preterm baby, some people also use the word premise, but we're all referring to the same thing. Any baby that is born before 37 completed weeks of pregnancy is said to be premature. All right, uh, so it's so important for us to remember that 37 weeks and uh, normally when mothers are pregnant, your doctors will calculate the expected dates of your delivery. And that expected date is usually forty weeks. It is based on the fact that average pregnancy should last forty weeks. However, from thirty-seven weeks you can deliver your baby, so that is why the doctor will tell you can deliver two weeks before the date, even up to two weeks after. So we call those periods time. So time is from thirty-seven weeks to forty-two weeks of pregnancy, and delivery around thirty-seven to 42 weeks of pregnancy are still referred to as normal uh, uh, or term delivery and they're fine. But any baby that is born before 37 weeks is can be said to have been born so early and we tend to call them premature babies or preterm babies or premies. And why is this so important? That's because um, preterm birth uh, one of the leading causes of death among children below the age of five. So when we're talking about deaths of children below the age of five, especially in sub-Saharan Africa, where majority of deaths of children below the age of five happen in the world, um, newborn deaths—that that is babies that are dying in the first one year of life, constitute 25% of that. Uh, population of that. So you can see it's a huge population. And out of this, 25% that are due to the newborns. So for example, we say we have 5 million children dying, uh, about a million of them will be newborn babies. And half of these ones, the preterm complication, that is for that babies were born healthier than 37 weeks, is one of the leading causes of death. In fact, in 2015, one million deaths of children alone uh, below the age of five were due to preterm birth. So it's a huge, huge issue. And that is why we have to have a day to create awareness about preterm babies, to create awareness about prematurity, and to more importantly, see how we can reduce uh, this burden, to see how we can prevent our children from being born too early. And if they are born too early, to so see how we can support them so that they don't end up becoming part of these statistics. So pre-tempest complications is one of the leading causes of death of children under the age of five. And so with a very huge number of deaths, even in countries where they have advanced uh, um, Health services and they're able to take care of their children. Prematurity is still a major issue they also have to contend with, and it's one of it's still one of the leading causes of death, especially in those countries that are even more advanced. But for us in Africa, it's still part of all the other major issues that we are always contending with. And every year, fifty million babies are born. Britain, can I imagine? It's a lot. That's a huge, huge number. Fifteen million babies are born preterm. And this is between 8 to 15% of all babies that are born, you know, it varies from one country to another. So in various countries, it's between 8% to 15% of babies that are born in those countries are born preterm. So we have a huge number of babies being born pretty 10, 50 million every year, and about a million of them, you know, dying. That is huge number. And so that is why it's so important for us to talk about prematurity. We don't want our babies born too early, and because of the complications that come with prematurity and that is why we are having this discussion because as you remember our goal is to reduce deaths you know of children you know before the age of five and and so when we're talking about reducing this death of children we need to focus on what are the things causing the deaths of our children and what i'm trying to say today is that prematurity is one of those leading causes of deaths in the entire world and so we must know about prematurity and we must try to prevent it and I guess the question everybody wants to know is that why have babies born premature why do some babies want to come out too early now there are so many many causes of prematurity but the most important thing is that any issue a mom has in pregnancy anything that make a pregnancy complicated can lead to that pregnancy Ending too early, and that is ending prematurely. So, there are so many issues. So, this is one of the reasons we emphasize antenatal care the need for mothers to register for antenatal care so that complications in pregnancy, whether with the mother or even with the baby uh, in the womb, can be detected early. And we can try to do something with some of them. If we're able to do that, then maybe the pregnancy can still be kept up to 37 weeks you know or if at all we can we can't ensure the pregnancy will uh, end before uh, up to 37 weeks then at least we can see how to uh, help the baby so that the baby when born even premature can still survive so it's so important for us to know that any issues in pregnancy can lead to uh, issues can lead to preterm delivery and so it is not uh it, it is not one thing it is not one thing that will lead to prematurity but before i go on that i need to quickly say that um the when i talk about that one million children uh preterm babies die each year uh is these deaths are actually preventable? You know, they again these are things that we can prevent. So, so three quarters of these deaths due to prematurity can be prevented through current and cost-effective. Uh, intervention. So this is why we are having this uh, word prematurity today because it's about creating awareness on how we can reduce the deaths of our preterm babies. And just remember again, 5 to 18% of babies born in each country's uh, are preterm babies. And that is a huge, huge number. Now there are also different categories of preterm maybe, so it is not. Uh, every preterm baby is not the same. So some babies are born very, very preterm. Some babies are born late preterm. And I know it's difficult for some mothers to accept that their babies are preterm. For example, mothers who have the baby at 36 weeks. So it's just about a week <laughs> they are preterm. But as far as we are concerned, as long as they are born before 37 completed weeks, they are still preterm babies. I know the 36 week is, you know, they are as big sometimes like every baby born at 37 weeks and all that. And they otherwise fine, but yes, they are still preterm babies. So obviously our main worries are usually towards the very, what we call the extreme preterms. Extreme preterms are babies born before 28 weeks, you know, 28 weeks. And if you put that in perspective, that's less than seven months. And we've had babies survive as low as 23 weeks. I can't remember who is the youngest survivor now, whether it's 23 or 20 weeks. <laughs> I know, but we find babies and We're having babies surviving below 500 grams um, these days due to advanced technology, but then there's still lots and lots and complications that such babies may face in the beginning and even in the future. So, We see them once babies born so early. So we have extreme preterm babies born before twenty eight weeks, and we have very preterm between twenty eight and thirty two weeks. So for some countries, uh, I think even for Nigeria, we start saying viability, you know, from twenty eight weeks. So any baby born before twenty eight weeks, some countries don't actually count them, and they. They group them as abortion or miscarriages rather than a baby. But I think the current definition is that as long as baby has sign of life, in other words, even if baby is born at 20 weeks or any weeks whatsoever, and the baby has a sign of life, baby is crying, baby has heartbeat, then we're going to still take it as a, you know, we're still going to give baby all the care that we can. But I know that in those days, we used to say any baby born less than 26 weeks. We're not even going to bother, but these days things have changed, technology has improved. So we have the extreme preterm, less than 26 weeks, um, very preterm, 20 to 32 weeks, and late preterm, 32 to 37 weeks. So uh, any baby born, you know, late 32 weeks most of them are they are still pre-term, even up to 36 plus six days they are separate preterms but they are late uh preterms so those are the various categories. and when we talk about the complications of prematurity usually more with those extreme preterms those less than 26 weeks and of course you see have complications in those who are very like 20 to 32 weeks but it's obviously it's gonna be as bad compared to those who are less than 26 weeks and of course even for our 36 weeks uh they can see half challenges but obviously it won't be as much compared so the younger the baby in other words the, the 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 lower the weeks at which the baby is born the more the complications and the smaller the baby size in terms of the weight the more the complications. So babies that are what we call extremely low birth weight, less than one kilograms, they have more challenges. Maybe 50% of them will have cerebral palsy compared to babies who are very low birth weight, which is between one kilos to 1.5. Um, you know, They also have their own challenges, but they're able to weather it better. And then compared to babies who are... Uh, just a little bit switched. that is between 1.5 to 2.5. So, you know, they do much better. So we classify our preterm babies according to their gestational age, that is the weeks in which you deliver the baby. And we also classify them according to their weight. So according to their age, in terms of the gestational age when they were born, we have the extreme preterms, less than 26 weeks. We have the very preterms, 20 to 32 weeks. And we have the least preterms, 32 to 37 weeks. And in terms of the weight, we have the extremely low birth weights, which is... Uh, less than 1 kilos, and we have the very low birth weights, 1 to 1.5 kilos, and we have just low birth weights, 1.5 to 2.5. And then, like I said earlier, um, any conditions that list any challenges at all in pregnancy can potentially lead to a baby being born Premature, And this can be challenges with the baby, or with the mother, or with circumstances even external. So for example, if a mom goes into like an accident or an, an injury, she can just go into preterm labor. So there are lots of risk factors uh, for premature prematurity. Uh, so let's look at some of those. Who are the people at risk? Because if you know that you are at risk of having a preterm baby, then we need to monitor your pregnancy more closely. You need to be with the specialist, the obstetrician. They are getting the pediatricians involved. Really, we are all working together to make sure that baby can stay in the womb because the womb is the best um, home for a baby before 37 weeks. So baby is not ready to come to live in the outside world before 37 weeks. But if we can nurse and there's some weeks in the life like we then we have to bring out the baby. But we need to know because the main challenge is that sometimes mothers don't even know they are at risk or they don't even, then it just happened and it can be more difficult if we do not so. know. But if we know we can prepare for the baby and we can see how to make sure that we minimize all the possible complications of so what are the risk factors for prematurity? Uh, if you have had a previous pre delivery, yes, it's a risk factor. I've had somebody ask us on HCP, like, why she always having her babies so early? All her babies were pre So some people are prone to having pre babies. So, um, especially those who have what we call, uh, incompetent service so normally the service is the mouth of, of the womb so the womb is like a bag and it has a small hand which is the service and that end is supposed to be closed throughout pregnancy so what happens during labor when the baby is ready to come out hopefully after 37 weeks is that that service will open up and the baby can come out through so we expect that service to always be closed but some women have this tendency that the service is not fully open it's not fully closed and it's somewhat open so as the baby gets bigger and bigger you know it opens more and it's easier for the pregnancy to come true. So usually uh, obstetricians sometimes, if they know for such women, they do what we call sacklage. In other words, what is suture, they tie the mouth of the womb uh, with suture so that the woman, the baby won't be able to come out until say, when we are ready for the baby to come out, and then they can oh, remove the suture, and the one, mother can go into delivery. So if you already have a pre baby, it can happen again. So you need... To go for antenatal care on time. And this is why mothers should not have Zoom because I've had a baby before and everything's fine. And what else is the it? tissues in that antenatal care? Why should I keep warding myself? Please, you've seen this ago because each pregnancy is different. And if you're you already have a preterm baby, we may expect it to happen again and we need to monitor you very closely. Also, getting pregnant. Too close. You know, this is why we, we've been screaming and talking about family planning. I think I'm just going to come back and talk about family planning on this platform in a in few weeks to come. Um, having some people just feel like it oh, doesn't matter. I don't want to do the family I just want to have my baby so close. There are lots of risks. And one of the risks with having your babies, with not spacing your babies well enough, is pre. Term delivery, so your the second baby is at risk of being born too early. So please space your pregnancies at least by two years. That's what we recommend. So have the first baby, let baby be fully weaned off breast and all that, usually we expect that around the age of two, and at least one, so then you can start trying. So that by the time you're having your second baby, at least there's a two year gap between the two pregnancies, that's what we expect. If you have your pregnancies too close, then you're likely going to be at risk of having another pregnant babies. Okay, also having multiple babies. I know some people like having twins and triplets and quadruplets, especially for mothers that are going for IVF. And sometimes they do put in like two or three embryos because they are not sure whether uh, all of them will uh, um, attach. So the body challenge is that sometimes all of them Attached and uh, there's implantation for all the babies or the embryos in a protein, and then you have multiple gestation. Or some people genetically tell your family you are going to have twins. I think this will leave some parts of the culture the twins, is high prevalence of twin gestation. So, uh, twins pregnancy is also one of the risk factors for having babies in one 7. And I think people even always believe in some culture that you can never have your babies up to uh, twins pregnancy up to nine months. That is actually not true, you can have twins pregnancy up to nine months, but I think it's based on their own observation, which is quite correct, that twin babies or triplets tend to come out early. And I, I think that is understandable because there are too many people in the womb and, causing a lot of pressure. Um they will and uh, it is easier for the service to open as once a So it's not unusual for multiple gestation as we call twins, triplets to come out before 37 weeks. We kind of expect it because it's quite common, but that does not mean it, it is compulsory and they must come out by seven months. No, it's not true. That is a mix, but it's just based on observation because of the risk of prematurity See, with twins gestation but majority of women can carry their twins to 10 and some still have no more weight so it's not all the twins that will born pretend so don't fall for that meat, but then there's some elements of um of fact in the sense that twins can be done and pretend okay Another issue I've talked about having abnormal service, or abnormal uterus. So if there's if a mom has a uh, a, a some shape kind some kind of uterus that are not properly uh, shaped, you know maybe there's some reduction in the size and all that, or the service, like I've talked about incompetent service, that is always open. Such mothers are prone to having preterm babies. Also. Women or young girls having their babies before the age of sixteen, when they, you know, the the whole uh, reproductive apparatus is not fully matured, and this happens in Africa, in Nigeria, in parts of the country where we have what child brides, and children are given in marriage as early as sixteen, and we have already been <laughs> advocating against that. It's one of the reasons why we are advocating. Because so number one, the uh, reproductive operators are not ready to carry a baby and such, baby, such girls, if they have a baby, they're likely going to have pretty babies. They're likely going to have so many complications and this is why we should wait for at least 18 years before uh, we allow going to go into marriage or before we allow them to start having babies. Also, old uh, first-time moms, 35. I know that was a time I so the, uh, the presentation on HCP and I talk about age, age, childbearing age, for so the medical people, childbearing age is eighteen to thirty-five, and a lot of people were very upset because we're living in a culture now that lots of women are getting married later and later and we have people trying for the first baby at age of 40 and they were like why should i say that 35 is like it's like what well, i feel like i'm condemning that those who are 40 cannot have babies no that is not the point so uh that is not the idea you can always have your babies whenever you want to have your babies but the challenge you should know from the medical perspective is that the older it takes you to have your baby, the more the complications. And one of those complications is this prematurity. And that is why when we say childbearing age is 18 to 35, we're not trying to slight older mothers or we're not trying to make anyone feel bad, but we're just trying to say, you are likely going to have more challenges the older you are when you're having your baby. So we want you to have your babies before 35 if you can. But if you're having your babies after thirty five, there's no you can have your babies. That's not the issue. But be aware of the major complications that such babies can have. There are many of them, uh, which is what I'm going to be talking about today. But one of those complications is prematurity. All right. Okay. So some mothers that have health problems, mothers that have heart problems, kidney problems, any some so mothers have cancer when they're having the babies. So all those mothers with chronic health issues, they are likely going to have, uh, they are prone to having pregnant babies. And this is why when a mother has health issues, they need to be registered with specialists when they are pregnant, because so need specialists have to monitor them and try to see how we can uh, keep the baby long as long as possible in the womb, but sometimes we just have to bring them out early, especially if there's risk to the life of the mother. Mother will have hypertension, you know, pre eclampsia, and all. Sometimes we just have to bring out those babies, even though we know it's not yet 37 weeks, but because we are worried about the mother going to what we call eclampsia, the mother starts having convulsions, uh, or the baby may also even die in the womb because the the that uterus, that womb is no longer uh, favourable for the baby is starts to the baby so we need the baby to come out and most of the time once we bring out the baby then the blood pressure starts to come down for the mother so sometimes we just have to bring out the baby if the risk is too much or we suspect that the blood supply to the baby uh, the placenta has been compromised you know they just have to bring out the baby or a mother was um, uh, opened a uh, rupture of water before the normal time and we're worried about infection already to the baby in the womb, sometimes you just have to bring out uh, the baby. Other reasons who, that can put baby at risk of prematurity is smoking which is why we say mothers please do not smoke uh smoking can also put your baby at risk of preterm delivery or using drugs like cocaine and you know the rest of those kind. please those drugs are also risk factor um to a baby uh being born pre-term so, like i already mentioned any health issues of the mother you know like high blood pressure mom having infection mom having diabetes mom having clotting problems or even problem with the placenta all these issues can lead to that pregnancy either ending by cephaly or doctors have to step in and end the pregnancy early and of course if a baby he's also there are some issues with the baby too in the womb maybe they are not properly formed or there's some abnormalities all those things can also lead to the baby being born premature you can see it's a very very long list we have not even talked about external factors like you know injuries trauma and all those kind of things You know so these are all issues so there is the risk factor is so long And the bottom line is we have a baby being born before 37 weeks. And when that baby is born, because there are challenges babies who are born before 37 weeks are going to face. So that is why we don't want them born so heavily. But if they are born, then we need to be aware. We need to know what to do. So how do you know a baby who is premature? I think it's obvious uh the most important is that they are born before 37 weeks now why is this important because sometimes some mothers don't know their dates they don't know when the last menstrual period is so they are not actually sure of their date. so sometimes they are not sure whether the baby is born pre time or not but notwithstanding there are ways by which we as pediatricians we can examine a baby and when we examine the baby we can figure out what the age of the baby is, in other words, whether the baby was actually a preterm baby or not. Even though no matter what the mother tells us, the mother may tell us, "I'm sure I'm 40 weeks." I'm, but when you see the baby, then you can see some signs, and then you know that this baby is likely uh, not what the age we were told is. But this baby is looking preterm. So there are physical signs that we can see in a baby that is born preterm. And of course, the first one is the fact that the babies are usually small size. So they usually weigh less than 2.5 kilos. Um, but there are some babies that are born at some, so that can weigh less than 2.5 as well. So, usually, most of those ones are what we call small for gestational age babies. But it's also possible for a baby to pretend and um, be small for gestational age. I won't want to confuse you, but let's just stick with the fact that pretend babies tend to be small. Um, they, they, they have Thin. You can see their skin. It looks thin. It's shiny. You can see all the blood <laughs> running through all their blood vessels. So because they don't have enough time to to have fats. Because the last thing that happens in pregnancy in the last few weeks is the deposition of fats. So the baby is only just getting bigger and having fats under their skin and all that. But because preterm babies are born just before that period so they tend to have this very thin fragile skin very little fats you can see all the veins you know and also they tend to have very uh, little hair on the head and but they have this very soft skin Uh, hair all over their body what we call lanugo so we can see that so when you start seeing a baby who looks like very transparent skin lots of blood vessels very small baby lots of soft hair on them then you know that they are most likely, free time baby, and of course, they look so weak. <laughs> they, you know, something can fit into the palm of your hands They have this; uh, their body is not so. You know, when you see a full-time baby, they are very flexed. You know, everything is. You know, they are they are like that flexed position. But pre time baby tend to be just flat out. You know, due to no muscle tone, all the male or female genitals are very tiny. Everything is not fully developed, so they're just not. So they develop, most importantly, the pediatrician can access the baby with the baby we assess and score them. And we can say this is a preterm baby, but this is not a preterm baby. And remember, it also depends on how preterm they have. For the late preterm, most time they don't really look that small. They, they actually look almost like every other baby. But for the very late preterm, I mean, the extreme preterm, or very preterm, those are the ones that tend to look like what we just described. But what is really important is not simply just how they look. It is the complications of prematurity. This is what leads to that death of like a million babies in a year that I mentioned when I was talking about the fats and the figures. So we really need to know that these babies, the fact that they are born, before they are ready to be born, uh, predisposes them to a lot of complications. And this is what the neonatologists or the pediatricians who take care of babies, uh, what we call neonatologists, will be dealing with. And so the complications are complications that are immediate, and there are complications that are long-term. And I will need to emphasize that because sometimes once babies are out of the neonatal intensive care or the special care baby unit, Mothers always think, Thank God, my preterm baby is okay. He has survived. We have gone home. And I always like to tell mother, It is not yet okay. A preterm baby has risk on long term complications. So we need to still monitor them so and i know sometimes some of us don't wonder why does the pediatrician want my baby to keep coming back and is fine baby is gaining weight i don't need to go back please you still need to go back <laughs> because there are still many complications that are late that the pediatricians is going to be monitoring for and dealing with so but if you don't go back then we will not know and sometimes those complications can also contribute to those tests were thin with a about so it's very very important all right so now let's talk about the complications that preterm babies have number one is the fact that they struggle to maintain their temperature you know like i told us a few minutes ago the babies are born before they have fat deposition so they don't have fats they don't have all those fats to keep them Warm. even the average baby newborn babies struggle with body temperature but preterm babies even much more and this is why we put them in the incubator so the incubator is like a artificial womb you know because that is what the mother's womb is doing you're providing that Nice, warm, you know, environment for the babies when they're in the womb, so when they are growing. So if they become not too healthy, we have to look for an alternative womb. So there are methods by which we use, depending on how small the baby is. Uh, one way is to put them in the incubator for, in the, if they are in the you neonatal know, intensive care unit, especially if they have other health issues. Another method we do is what we call kangaroo mother care. I'm sure most of you have subject, seen kangaroos. You know the kangaroos they you actually have this pouch in front of them and they keep the baby inside those pouches when they are running up and down so we found out that uh if you we can keep our preterm babies on the mothers or even the father or anybody who is willing to offer their body uh, on the body chest and then we wrap them round and your body temperature can keep your baby warm so kangaroo mother care is very and especially for those who live in Africa, sub Saharan Africa, Nigeria, where we have very limited resources. You know, we don't have too many unit you know, intensive care units, incubators. Even when we have our incubators, sometimes there's no light. Electricity supply is a major challenge, you know, and these babies have to be constantly kept warm. So we use a lot of the kangaroo mother can, it's very easy, very. um. Very simple technology, and it can keep our baby warm. So, uh, if you have a pretend baby, even if you are home, keep them on your skins to skin contrast. Just keep them directly on your skin, no clothes, nothing, just your skin with the baby's skin. And then you now wrap them round. And usually, that's the way of keeping them. Warm, and we also sometimes have to put them in incubator. Especially if they are very sick. Especially for the very small preterms. Sometimes they also have breathing problems. So uh, some of them we need us to put them on oxygen, and some of them even have to go home with those oxygen, which can lead to what we call chronic lung disease. You know, So sometimes they struggle to breathe. Sometimes they breathe too fast. Sometimes they don't breathe at all. And we have to tap them and remind them to breathe. This is sometimes one of the complications. We call this apnea, when they stop breathing. And then you sometimes have to tap them. Oh, come on, keep breathing. <laughs> and then you will start to breathe again. So these are some of the complications we need to watch out for. And of course, some of them also have issues with feeding. Also, for preterm babies, feeding them is, say, breast milk is exclusive breastfeeding, even more than the uh time babies. If there's anybody that needs breast milk, it is a preterm baby because if you give them um formula, you can actually damage the intestine, you can create that, you can lead to complications called uh, necrotizing enterocolitis, which may end up you know. Needing, they may end up needing operation to remove the damaged intestine. So for preterm babies, it is still breast milk. I know a lot of mothers saying, oh, my preterm baby is so small. I want the baby to quickly gain weight. And uh, so let me go and buy formula. No, ma, you're yeah, actually going to cause more harm. So it's still breast milk for them, breast milk better. Sometimes if we think, because the, for the preterm baby, their feeding is not just about volume. Sometimes they may not gain weight for other reasons. So it's not just about food Yeah, So that is why a pediatrician has to be involved in the care. Sometimes it's because there's too much acid, and sometimes we need to add uh, what we call bicarbonates to their food. Sometimes they, if you give them too much food, you know. They can actually stop gaining weight because you're giving them too much liquid, too much fluid. Because of that, it can, because their heart is not fully formed, it can't handle too much liquid. It will open up all the holes that are supposed to be closing, and then they're going to have heart failure and then they don't gain weight. So, preterm babies require the care of. Uh, specialists. It's not something parents use your own logic and wisdom because some things don't make sense. You think the more food I give them, the better they'll be. It's actually not the truth. They can actually get more problems because you give them so much food. So I would still talk about the management. Maybe I should just stick to complication and I'll come back to management. Uh, so they may have problem with feeding. They may have problem with the blood they may have low blood level sometimes we have to give them blood you know even though the blood is not much because all the blood in their body is not much you know and they can and those of us that are pediatricians we are sometimes vampires we are always taking their blood for one test or the other and so they can lose their blood so easily and then they can have jaundice and because they have jaundice they are breaking down the red blood cells so Jaundice is eighty percent of preterm babies who have jaundice. Eighty percent, whereas for the normal time babies sixty percent, but for preterm babies eighty percent. That is four out of five children we have jaundice. So in fact, sometimes. Some people just put them under therapy straight away. There's really no point waiting. We just start what we call prophylactic Though It's not even advisable anymore. But we so much expect that they are going to have jaundice. And for their own jaundice, it is now waiting until they are tw- it is 20 before we treat. So it is based on their weight. So anything 10 times their weight is too much. And so you can say one kilo baby having a jaundice level of 10 and we have to change the blood. But for a term baby, we'll be doing that when the baby is over, you know, it's getting a jaundice level of 20. But for a, term, a preterm baby who is weighing one kilo and having the jaundice level of 10, we are running to do an EBT. So they can have severe jaundice. And these are babies that already, you know, they are very fragile, their brain is fragile. There are lot of blood vessels that can use it. Even, you can't even just handle them, you can't shake them. you can can start to cause bleeding in the brain and that can lead to long term damage and sometimes you don't even need to do anything and they can bleed in the brain so these are very serious complications and sometimes their blood sugar control is also a major challenge they can have problem either too low blood sugar or they can have too high blood sugar like diabetes level we need to give them insulin level you know so these are complications that pre diabetes could have they can have problem with their kidneys they can have problem with uh feeding have mentioned that. all they can have problem with the brain, which is even the major, major challenge, actually for the extreme preterm babies, less than 20, with so less than one kilos, the major challenge we are worried in them is bleeding in the brain or brain injury, and 50% of them are going, going to have that, so um, they end up having conversions, they may end up having cerebral palsy, also because they are so tiny and all that, they also Prone to infection, and that's why we don't want people touching them anyhow. We don't want you know people introducing germs to them. So, and these are the things your doctors, your neonatologists, pediatrician will be dealing with in the first two three weeks. So most time after we've done we've done with all these uh, uh low blood level, anemia, low blood sugar, high blood sugar, infection. Uh, not breathing, breathing too much, needing oxygen. We deal with all those ones in the first few weeks of life and hopefully we overcome. Sometimes we lose the battle and sometimes some of them, you know, they just passed them. But sometimes we are able to overcome and then we're able to send them home with you. But that is still not the end there are still long-term complications for pre time babies. And like I just mentioned, one of them is neurological. We need to monitor their weight. Some of them is still the struggle, weight gain, and all that. So it's important that the pediatrician is monitoring them, making sure they're having enough food. They are still prone to having infections, so they are not the ones who want to be taken to the whole community to say hello to them or waiting for the old world to come and say hello to them because everybody is bringing their charms with them, and these babies don't have so much power to fight those infections. And of course, the main thing is that they can actually have uh, developmental issues. They can have cerebral palsy. They can have intellectual disability. And so pediatricians would normally monitor their development. And of course, for their development, we use their corrected age and not their chronological age. But we need to monitor. So that is why you can not just say, My baby is out of the incubator, they've given my baby to me, I'm going home, and that is it. No, that is not it. Your pediatrician surely should give you follow-up appointments, and then you need to come back. So the care of a preterm baby, from what I've said already, looking at all the complications, is uh, is something a specialist has to undertake. So if if you have a preterm baby who is born in a hospital without a pediatrician, you definitely need to have a pediatrician look at the baby. So some hospitals will bring the pediatrician down to see the baby or they will refer you to the pediatrician or to the specialist. And more importantly, we want to make sure we are aware early. So some babies, if we are aware, they are likely going to be born three time. We try to give them things like um, give mother steroids to mature the lungs. So the maturation of the lungs is very important so that the lungs the baby can breathe with the lungs. So yes, when to have difficulty with breathing, when they are high. sometimes we have to, when they are born we have to give them surfactant something into the lungs, and this has to be done within the first few you know hours and days of life. So it's so important that if a baby is going to be a baby, if you have all those risk factors, you should be under the care of a specialist obstetrician, gynecologist, Your obstetrician should inform the pediatrician on time that we are suspecting a baby is going to be born pre-time. It is better to transfer the baby to the pediatrician while they're in the womb not after they are born, and then they've gone around the old world where we don't need it, we need incubator, which is what happened in Africa. And then, you know, and the obstetricians, they have taken their own money, they just want the baby, yeah, start taking a baby to lose, or start taking a baby to this station hospital. That is wrong. It's better the baby is delivered in the hospital where the baby will be cared for by the pediatrician, so that immediately the baby is out, the pediatrician is taking the baby straight away and taking care of the pre baby. Usually we we'll admit them to the special care unit. We will assess them. Depending on the severity of the prematurity, and depending on the complications they have, each of them will be dealt with. And then hopefully we're able to send the baby home after having overcome all the initial complications and then we still need to monitor the baby throughout. So, preterm babies should also have their immunization. Uh, these days, we usually say before they are two uh, weeks, of, uh, before they are two kilos, you know, from two kilos, we start giving them their, uh, uh, we start giving them uh immunization but these days we found out that we can actually start immunizing them early as long as they are not having any major health issues we need to establish their feeding we need to make sure that they are feeding well and i've already told you it's the breast milk usually for the feeding we try not to overwhelm them by sucking directly so usually we start with giving them a cup and spoon uh, some, some, we even start with like passing a tube, energy tube, because we don't want them to, because sucking is a lot of energy. And for preterm babies, what we want to do is that we want to conserve all the calories. There's um, all the calories that we're giving. We want to make sure that they are, uh, all the calories that we're giving, we want to make sure that they are using it to gain weight and not to, uh, to burn energy, and so that is why we always make sure that we we uh, let them feed with cup and spoon and not with the breast directly. So this is what we, we do for our preterm babies. But as they get bigger from 1.5 kilos and above, then we will try to start giving them uh, directly from the breast, so it's something the pediatricians we have to work with, so that is what we do for the pregnant babies. We monitor the, you know, the blood levels. If the blood levels are low, we try and make sure we give them higher supplements, folic acid, and sometimes we even have to give them blood. Usually, uh, we use the mother's blood. Sometimes we have to give them uh, erythropoietin, which is like a hormone that is supposed to help them. Increase the blood level, so we try to do all this. So these are things that we do for our preterm babies, and so many other issues. We monitor their growth, we are monitoring their weight, we are monitoring their other developments as well. So that is what we do for our preterm babies. Um, and then, of course, after they discharge the home, we still keep seeing them. Usually, we should monitor and follow up our preterm babies until they have about. Two years old level before we will now say, okay, obviously, all the challenges they may have with uh, uh, all the challenges they may have with um, uh, prematurity, they should have overcome them. But for those who have long term complications like cerebral palsy, like intellectual disability, then we can refer those one on to other pediatricians who will be able to take care of them. So finally, can prematurity be prevented? Yes, of course. If you look at all those risk factors we talked about when it comes to prematurity, uh, all those risk factors we've talked about, if we work on them, then we may be able to prevent prematurity. It is not always 100%, and that is why we will continue to have premature babies no matter what. It is not 100%, but majority of the time, we are able to uh, support them and we're able to uh, prevent. So, smoking, we said no smoking, no use of cocaine, and please register for iron, Senator Care Early. Let's try and keep our baby, our girls, you know, up to 18 before marriage, so that they will have to get pregnant and also above 35 so those are the things that we can do for our babies and i mean for the for the mothers if a mother has health issues we need to make sure that she gets the right support uh, so if you have health issues and you are likely to have a completed pregnancy please you need to register in the um you need to register preferably in uh, or not to the house specialist obstetricians, specialist pediatricians, because these are the people that will be involved in the care of this baby, and it's better to be with them right from the beginning so that they can monitor, they can provide the appropriate support and everything before you know uh, uh, complications arise. We, if you can work with the mother, we can work with the baby, we can prevent some complications, and if at all the baby was still going to be born, uh, is still going to be born healthy, at least we know. That we are there, we are able to provide that right support on time. So please, you should register on time. And if you've ever had a preterm baby as well, you know you are still at risk of having another preterm baby. So please register with the with the, um, obstetrician on time so that they can monitor and they can involve the pediatricians early. So if we deal with all those risk factors, we may be able to reduce the risks of preterm babies but more importantly once the baby is born preterm, term you need to make sure that the baby is under the care of the pediatricians so thank you so much for listening and if you have any questions remember you can always post your question directly so ask the pediatrician facebook group and let's work together to reduce the incidence of preterm babies so i see you again next week with another wonderful topic about the care of our preterm babies how I'm being celebrated and I'm saying have a wonderful day, bye.
0: Are you a mother, father or you are involved in caring for children? If yes, then listen to Ask the Pediatricians every Thursday by 10 a.m. for insightful discussion on popular child health topics such as dangerous child health practices, immunization, infant feeding, developmental milestones and so much more. You also get to ask questions on these topics and listen to answers to real-life child health issues by a pediatrician. Ask the Pediatricians Foundation is devoted to health education and information of parents and caregivers of children in the community to support you in raising healthy children. Don't miss Ask the Pediatricians with Dr. Gumi because it's informative, educative, and interactive. Ask the Pediatricians Hour, the program for caring parents.